the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, we've been we've been scrolling through, reading this partial grand jury report that just came out from Atlanta, Fulton County, Georgia. And long story short here, it doesn't look like Trump is in any trouble at all. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Very happy for you to join us today. And again, the the breaking news, and this is a weird story, but the, the grand jury report, which is supposed to be made public, was only partially made public. And we don't have we don't have much intel right now, but I will share what we've got and I'll explain why I don't think this is a major issue for for President Trump. So the whole point of this uh, special grand jury, they were investigating whether uh, Trump and his team interfered in the presidential election in Georgia, which they did not. Uh, this was all alleged to be an attempt to overturn the 2020 presidential uh, results. So the judge only released six pages of the grand jury's reports and did not dive into the grand jury's conclusions or say whether they recommended indictments related to election interference. Now, here's the the interesting part of all of this. The jurors, this is a reading from the New York Times, the jurors said they believed at least one unnamed witness who testified in the inquiry may have committed perjury and should face indictment. They also found no widespread fraud took place in the Georgia 2020 presidential election that could result in the overturning of the election. They rejected arguments made by President Trump and his supporters. So the question is, why Why was the full report not released? And I suspect it's because when the full report is released, it's, it's not going to have anything, there's not going to be anything there, no smoking gun when it comes to President Trump. So we will see how all of this plays out. Uh, you folks in Georgia and across America were expecting all of this today, but you were expecting for the full report to come out. Some, like the Georgia investigation, concern attempts, by the way, talking about the investigations, concern attempts by Mr. Trump to hold on to the presidency after losing the 2020 election. Others concern his conduct before and after his time in the White House. 
But the reality is they he has been investigated from day one, and they've they've never been able to find anything. There is no there there there, so to speak. And I don't think there's anything there in Georgia except some very angry establishment Republicans. And they want to destroy Donald Trump. That's all. So the question again, why only a portion of this report was released? State law requires the release of the report, but the judge, that would be Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney, he decided that releasing the full document now, including the roster of who should or should not be indicted, would be, quote, fundamentally unfair to the people whose names are on the list. Well, why? Go ahead and release all the information. What are they waiting on? That's what the law says, right? The law says you got to release it. Go ahead and release it. What's so difficult about that? So there you go. Um, again, another attempt for the left and the Republicans in name only to take out President Trump, and it doesn't look like that is going well. I'm just saying it doesn't look like it's going good. But we'll see because, again, we don't know because they did not release the full the full grand jury report. But when you look at the interactions President Trump had with the Georgia governor and the Georgia Secretary of State at the time, there was no there was no attempt for for the president of the United States was not calling these guys and saying, "Oh, you've you've got to throw out these votes. You've got to give me the win." If the president had done that, he would have already been indicted. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. This is how it would have gone down. But I believe you had leaders in Georgia within the Republican Party that saw this as an opportunity to take out Donald Trump. And there are a lot of establishment Republicans that have been wanting to do that. Well, look, we've got a great show for you today. And my apology, if you hear like rumbles in the background, we're getting these huge, severe thunderstorms here in the, and you can actually hear them in our beautiful soundproof bunker. So don't panic. We're not under attack. There are no Chinese balloons hovering over the Todd Stearns radio show bunker right now. It's just a thunderstorm in February. Welcome to weather in the Mid-South. All right, um, 844-747-8868. Are you concerned? Really, is there anybody out there who's really concerned that Trump is going to be indicted? I just, again, I, I've everything I've read, everything I've seen, I've spent a lot of time with the president. He's not the kind of a guy who's a crook. He's not a criminal. I, I, I'm, again, I will be shocked if this happens. But you have to, at the end of the day, you can you can bloviate on the cable news channels. You can say whatever you want to say. But when you have to when you have to go into the courthouse and you have to put your hand on the Holy Bible and promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, that's when it all that's what it all comes down to. I'm just saying. All right, can we're, we're going to talk about those of you that follow us and watch us on our Facebook live stream. You know what we're going to be talking about here. So Joe Biden, the president of these great United States, Joe Biden, I believe deep down in his heart is a racist. <laughs> no, I, I, I do not. I, look, that brings me no pleasure 
to say that the president of these great United States is a racist. But this guy doesn't like black people. And we have seen this, we have seen this play out time and time again over the years. Just go all the way back to when Joe Biden first showed up in the Senate. And he, he brags about this all the time, talking about how he used to go out and have lunch, have drinks with the segregationist. Now, these are very bad people. These segregationists literally wanted to deny blacks their rights under the United States Constitution. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I'd be going out and sharing a Big Mac or a filet fish with some of these segregationists. But Joe Biden... He had no problem. He said that's what he loves to do. He likes to go out there and he likes to hang out with the segregationist, including the the Grand Dragon himself, former West Virginia Senator KKK Robert Byrd. Now the guy was in leadership in the Klan. You can Google it. So anyway, this has been an ongoing issue for Biden. Yesterday, he's. Uh, <laughs> This is terrible. This is absolutely, look, I just, it, it pains me to call the, no, I know, I don't, I, I know he's a racist, but no, it doesn't pay me to call him senile because he is, but this pains me because you don't, you don't want to think that somebody could, could hate another person or look down on another person because of the color of their skin, especially here we are in the 21st century. But that's what (laughs) – this is awful. So Maryland has their first black governor, Wes Moore. And yesterday, President Biden was talking about the governor in Maryland. And here's how Biden referred to the first black governor of Maryland, cut number 15. And you got a hell of a new governor in Wes Moore, I tell you. He's the real deal, and the boy looks like he can still play. <laughs> he got some guns on him. Boy. Boy. Called him a boy. Now, you might think, well, that was just a slip of the tongue. No, 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 no. Uh, this is not just a slip of the tongue for Joe Biden. He just he uses this term nonchalantly. Um, it is, it's very, very odd. And I want to I want to play. We're going to go back into the Todd Stearns Radio Show time machine. So this was President Biden. Let's play cut number seventeen. Good afternoon, everybody. We're waiting for a few more people to get on, but we're going to get started. If that's okay with you all, and thanks for joining me. I'm here. Uh, uh, the FEMA director is on. Uh, uh, director Chris Wells, she, she's on, and I'm here with uh, with my senior advisor and uh, boy who knows Louisiana very very well, man, and in New Orleans uh, and uh, Cedric Richmond. And Cedric, the boy, uh, would be African American. <laughs> yes, it got so bad on the campaign trail, and and this again, this is. This is not something that is just a slip of the tongue. This is something that Biden does all the time. I mean, all the time. As a matter of fact, back in 2007, you might remember this. Senator Senator Biden, then Senator Biden, 
was launching a bid for the White House, and he made a comment that he had to apologize for. This is I'm going to read to you what Biden said about Barack Hussein Obama. You ready for this one, folks? This is Joe Biden. I mean, you've got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean and a nice-looking guy. I mean, that's a storybook, man. The only thing the only thing Biden did not do was call Barack Obama a boy. But he called him articulate and bright and clean. Mm-mm-mm. So then Cory Booker is jumping into all of this, the senator from New Jersey. Senator Booker, this was back on the campaign trail during the run for the White House, and he was weighing in on this troubling use of the word boy uh, from, from Joe Biden, cut 16. As a black man in America, I know the deeply harmful and hurtful uh, usage of the word boy and how it was used to dehumanize and degrade. Um, I know that segregation is like the two people here are talking about through their laws and their language, uh, deeply wounded this nation and the present day manifestations of their work can still be seen in black and brown communities like the one I go home to. Uh, I know that somebody running for president of the United States, somebody running to be the leader of our party should know that using the word boy in the way he did, uh, can cause hurt and pain and we need a presidential nominee and the leader of our party to be sensitive to that. And the last thing I know is, is <laughs> I know that I was raised to speak truth to power and that I sh- will never apologize for doing that. And Vice President Biden shouldn't need this lesson. Oh, my. Dare I say, oh, boy. Mm. I probably shouldn't have said that. My apologies. <laughs> I mean, seriously here, folks. So I'm just curious because I it sounds to me, I mean, the guy's got, what, 50 years, 60 years of using this kind of language, going back to when he was the, the white lifeguard in the black pool, hanging out with Corn Pop and letting the black children caress his hairy legs poolside. You can Google that, too. It's the lunch hour. I don't want to go into great detail. But I'm just wondering, do you think Biden has a race problem here? I mean, this is insane. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Starnes Show. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com.
right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to have you with us today. Thank you for making us your choice, noon to 3 Eastern. By the way, we're very excited about our upcoming journey to the Holy Land, and uh, we're already uh, working on the itinerary. And it's I don't know how we're going to do all of this in in the time that we have, but we're going to be spending seven days, seven nights in the Holy Land, part of our Stand with Israel tour. This is the very first time we've ever done this. We're hoping to take a hundred of our listeners from across America, and you're going to be, I'm just, I'm not even going to run down all of them, but you're going to be going, we're going to be taking you to the Western Wall, which is just an unbelievable experience. Uh, you're going to be um, visiting a Nazareth village. You're going to be visiting the Garden of Gethsemane and the Garden Tomb, the Mount of Olives, and uh, also um, Armageddon, which is it's going to be fascinating. Um, Samaria, you'll be able to visit that as well. And we're going to be getting a private tour of the Knesset, which, of course, is the Israeli parliament. So you say, okay, how, how do I get information? Simple. Go to our website, toddsterns.com. You'll see it at the top of the page. Uh, you can also call Dylan, and he will get your information. You are able to pay for, and we have a, it's a great Q&A site, very easy to work with, but you can also pay in installments. You don't have to pay the full price up front. And people have been asking, do I need a shot? No, you don't need the China virus shot. But if you want to call Dylan to get more information, give him a call, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. We would love for you to be a part of our inaugural trip to the Holy Land. All right, uh, let's go to the phones here. Scott in Maine, WLOB, wants to wait. What do you think about Biden? you think he's a racist, Scott? No, I don't really think he's a racist. I think he's just a complete idiot. Well, <laughs> he hates everybody. If you're not one of his elitist scumbag group of thieves, he doesn't like you. He hates everybody. I mean, and more than likely, he probably is a racist, but he's an idiot. Well, no doubt he's an idiot. I would throw moron up there uh, too. Um, yeah, the front porch lights on, but nobody's home. Yeah, Scott, you know the the issue for me is the history, going all the way back to where he, you know, he boasted about going out to the dinners uh, with the with the segregationist and hanging out with him and palling around. I, there's something about all that just, that just rubs me the wall, wrong way. And then his when he would describe people like Obama. Um, you know, in in such um, really um, bigoted, it's bigoted language. It's just I don't know. It's you know, people think Delaware, but uh, there could be some racist people in Delaware. Yeah, the odds are pretty good that Obama was a racist. Well, I mean, yes. Look at the of this country. Fair enough. You know? That that's a great point. All right, Scott. Appreciate the call. Real quick, let's go to North Carolina. Matt on the line. Matt, what's going on? Hello, Todd. How are you doing? Matt, get to it. we got about 30 seconds. Okay, quick. That was a great call with Scott. Biden is no doubt a racist and a plagiarist, and now he's guilty of treason. Well, yes, uh, by letting that balloon fly over America and photograph all of our military installations. I just want to know from Kevin McCarthy, and Matt, thanks for the call. I just want to know from Kevin McCarthy, uh, when are we going to impeach this guy? You're telling me that allowing the Chinese to fly a balloon over America, that's not worthy of impeachment? I don't know about that. What say you, America? 844-747-8868. Should the Republicans impeach Biden 
over the Chinese spy balloon. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. Breaking news to share with you. This coming out of Detroit, where a massive train has now derailed. The train was hauling hazardous materials. We don't know what was, we don't know what kind of materials, but the aerial footage I'm looking at shows just about every every car is off the tracks. Uh, There's nothing on fire right now, no explosion, so that's good news. This happened in Van Buren Township, Michigan. Folks, may I just, um, does it feel like we're just in some sort of a weird dystopian movie right now where something is going on and we're we're not, I'm wondering if people are not putting these puzzle pieces together. How How many train derailments have we had? Was it five now? Six? All were hauling hazardous chemicals. We're watching these manufacturing plants go up in smoke early this morning. There was one that uh, went up in smoke, caught fire, burned to the ground in Florida. And now this, do you think this is all just coincidental, or do you think there could be something more to this? Because it certainly it, it has the feel of America being under attack. And I'm not saying it's China or Russia. This, to me, feels like these radical environmental groups, these extremists that are going out there and trying to shut down America, shut down the power grid. Keep in mind, in 2022, over 100 attacks on the power grid. And it does make you wonder what the heck is going on here. So again, this breaking news happening just outside of Michigan, where a massive train hauling hazardous materials has derailed. And where's Pete Buttigieg? Where is where is Secretary Pete? 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. By the way, that meeting last night in East Palestine, Ohio, those folks, 
you got to feel for them. You really do. You had the train company, Norfolk Southern, came in and said, you know what, we really feel bad about all of this. We really do. We know your chickens are dying and little Fluffy is, you know, dead in the backyard and you got headaches and you're developing skin rashes. Here, well, here's what we're going to do for you good people in East Palestine. We're going to give you $25,000. Now, at first at first glance, you might say, oh, well, that's, that's nice. Maybe that'll help, you know, go out and get a new pet or something. But no, 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 no. That's $25,000 for everybody. So you're getting one, basically everybody's getting a dollar from Norfolk Southern. And they're going around. These people are sleazy. So they're going around and they're asking, the railroad people, they're going around and the environmental people are going around asking asking folks to sign documents stating that they're not going to sue and they're happy with the dollar they're going to be getting from Norfolk Southern. I'm telling you, there were hundreds of people that came out to this. You know who wasn't there last night? Norfolk Southern wasn't there, and neither was the Transportation Secretary. Now, I I will say this, and I want to be very clear, and just we have a lot of people, a lot of these leftist organizations, and they hire these kids that sit in their basements eating their Funyuns. They have bad skin, and they're listening to our program. That's all they do. That's how they make their money. And they're waiting for me just to to mess up or have a foible on the air. We don't do foibles here. So I want to be very clear for Media Matters and Salon.com and HuffPost. I want you people to hear me. I think the reason why the Biden administration has not been proactive in dealing with this environmental crisis is because they don't care. And why don't they care? Let's just get real. Over 90% of that county, Columbiana County, Ohio, is lily white. That's not a demographic the Democrat Party cares about. But let's let's probably deal with the larger issue. Over 70% of the voters in Columbiana County voted for Donald John Trump back in 2020. So when the White House looks at what's happening, they're seeing, oh, you mean a, a bunch of a bunch of America First MAGA people are getting sick and keeling over? Okay, no problem. Less votes on Election Day. That's, that's what they're thinking. And that's why the Biden administration has not taken this seriously. It's also why the mainstream media is not broadcasting from, from East Palestine, Ohio. It's why there's no wall-to-wall coverage of what's going on there because it doesn't help the Democrats. Let's go to Bill, Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on our flagship station, KWAM. Bill, what's on your mind? You are 157% correct in your analysis of that. Because you're right, I looked on all the channels to try to find that meeting last night. I couldn't find it anywhere. And, um, you know, just like they did here in the state of Tennessee, you know, all students are supposed to get free lunch because they don't want anybody to not eat. But they Biden took it away because we wouldn't allow boys to be girls and girls to be boys in the bathroom. So he said, well, then screw y'all. We're not giving the kids free lunch. Punish the kids for, for lunch because of that. That's completely political. You're right. This is completely political. And at that meeting last night, you know, the much-ballyhooed meeting, nobody showed up important 
you know, it was local officials. There was no con- um, congressional people there. Buttigieg wasn't there. Even people from the railroad said they were scared to show up. It's like, how is this acceptable? I mean, if, if Trump was president and this happened, he would have been crazy on the railroad. He said, you need to have somebody there. They need to have checkbooks in their hand. They need to help these people find places to go far away from this. It's absolutely ridiculous that they only went, like, I think um, a mile outside. The radius is no telling what the radius is. And they tested the water too quickly. It takes time for the seat down into the water table. I mean, it's unbelievable that this is going on in, what, 21st century? This is like something back in the 70s that we heard about. Bill, and, and they're, they're already testing the water in places like Louisville, Kentucky. So this is, this is a significant issue, and it is a, an environmental disaster akin to the BP oil spill. Uh, but, but it's probably going to be worse because we're not t- – well, here's the thing, though. In the minds of the radical left, they think the BP oil spill was worse because it killed a fish. This is probably going to end up killing humans, but that doesn't oh, matter. Killed fish. Lots yeah. of fish. Have you heard about that? Mm-hmm. There's people that live by this creek. All the fish are dead. All it's true. Fish. It's true. And birds. There's a guy talking about birds. He has a bunch of bird feeders. He hasn't seen a sparrow since this happened. He puts food out every day and it's never touched. There's no, he says, there's no birds anywhere. I mean, this is, this is like three mile island almost, except it, you know, it's, we know what's going on. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's unacceptable. More unacceptable behavior by this administration. I can't believe we're accepting this. It's Bill. It's I, I'm with you on that. And if if I were Trump, I would be holding a campaign rally in East Palestine, Ohio. Exactly. That's what I'd be doing. Uh, you know him. Contact. Him. You should contact. Him. I'm going to send him a note, Bill. That's a, all right. And I will credit you, Bill from Memphis, Mr. President. Says you need to get your butt to East Palestine respectfully sir exactly there you go jd vance jd vance is supposed to be there tonight there you go all right exactly bill appreciate the call thank you for listening to kwam we really appreciate that 844-747-8868 what do you think about that having trump hold a rally in east palestine because i'm telling you folks this is all politics they don't care about these people they don't you know who else doesn't care? Establishment Republicans. They don't care about these people. They'll be siding with the railroad. But I'm telling you, we've got an infrastructure problem in this country, and what are we doing? We're spending billions, billions of our tax dollars, and where are, the, where are those monies going? They're going to Ukraine. That's where that's where it's all going. All right, 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844 747 8868. Now, I've got to play some audio from Don Lemon. So, Nikki Haley threw her name in the hat yesterday. She's running for the White House. She's a good conservative, good Republican. I know a lot of people on the MAGA world, they're calling her a rhino, but not everybody can be Donald Trump. So Haley does not have a chance. I don't know why she's doing this other than to maybe be in the running for vice president. She's polling at 4% right now, which is three points below Mike Pence, who really doesn't have a shot. So anyway, um, they're talking about all of this on CNN this morning. 
And that morning show is god awful. I'm to, it's like a it's like watching a hangover in real time, only to realize you're the one with the hangover and you didn't have anything to drink last night. It's really rough. And one of the reasons why is that the women on that the women on the morning show are more manly than the man on the morning show is. A guy by the name of Little Donnie Lemon. So Don Lemon wanted to weigh in on Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley is 51 years old. And they're, and she's out there. One of her big campaign slogans is, we've got to start testing the mental capacity of all the old guys. So clearly she was going after Trump and Biden, but mostly Trump. Here's how Don Lemon reacted to that. Cut nine. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? I, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. Oh, I got another. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that. Well, you know, politicians aren't in their I think prime. You need, need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing, yeah, or are you talking about the prime for being president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says twenties, thirties, and forties. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime according to google google or whatever it is (laughs) you wonder if don lemon peed himself just a little bit when he did did he realize what he stepped into on that on that morning show i (laughs) so what does he recommend we do she's 51 years old are we take her out to the farm and put her out to pasture is that what he's recommending here now, Dylan, um, Dylan, you're dating, and you date a lovely young lady who is a nurse. Yes, in Birmingham, Alabama. That's right. But she's a Memphis girl. Now, you, how long have you guys been dating? We're coming up on three years. Wow, three yeah. years. Yep. All right, get ready to put the ring on the. Uh, hey, yeah. You never yep. know. Yep. All right. Good. Good. Can't good. give away too much, Todd. I know. I know. We're family, so yeah, we can't really right. give away that much. Right. But so I'm just curious in your three year relationship. Have you figured out that there are just some things you should not say to a woman? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Do you have like a running list or is it just you you catalog it in your brain? It's just an instinct thing. You know, it's right time, right place. You know, if, you, if you're there, you know you're not supposed to say Such that. Such as? Um... Your prime, you're not in your prime anymore. You <laughs> that know. would be topping the list. How old are you? <laughs> you never ask that. Not not even to your own girlfriend. Even no. if you know. Even if you know, you don't ask. <laughs> and what about? Um, oh, it's uh, when she asks you a question. It's like, does this dress make me look fat? Yep. Nope. You always, you know, you give the correct answer, which is you look beautiful in anything that you wear. It doesn't matter if you look like a Chinese balloon. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to get caught in a trap, first of all. But, you know, you also want to be sincere. And if you feel that way, then you, you should say it. You should say you you look beautiful. Part of me feels bad for Don Lemon because he he doesn't like the ladies. You know, he bats for the other team. So he may not know any of this. Yeah. He may not know that there are just some things you don't need to be talking about, especially on national television. Well, you know, he does have a mother, so he could, you know, take from that a little bit. Well, that's, well, you know, that's a fair point. Yeah. Like, um, is that what you're going to wear tonight? <laughs> you never want to. Are you pregnant? 
That's not crazy. A good, that's not a good one. Or uh, this isn't one of your lady days, is it? You <laughs> that's never, a good one. That's you good, never want to. You never want to say that. All right, ladies. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, ladies, we're going to open this up to you. To you, uh, your response to Don Lemon, he says, if you're outside of your 20s and 30s and you're past your prime, and guys, are there other things you probably should not say or ask your female date, lover, wife, girlfriend? 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Oh, we've got some great guests coming up. Liz Harrington, uh, President Trump's spokesperson, is going to be here. We're going to ask Liz if if she's passed her prime. So Dylan, just alert her to that So ahead of time. Uh, Congressman Van Drew from New Jersey. That's Harry Hurley country. Uh, we're going to be talking to Congressman Van Drew. He's on the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. And then a little bit later on, Mark Graney who is a New York Times bestselling author, born and raised right here in Memphis, Tennessee, where we originate this show. He is the author of the Gray Man series, has a brand new book coming out February 21st. By the way, you're going to have an opportunity to win a copy of that book. And also, it's the number five of uh, the number five show on the movie on Netflix. Mark Graney. So uh, looking forward to that conversation. You might remember that Mark, uh, when when Tom Clancy was in his later years, they brought Mark in to to help co-write those those Tom Clancy novels uh, back in the day. And so just a terrific writer, great guy, and looking forward to uh, to hearing him a little bit um, a little bit later on. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. Now, years ago, I wrote a book called God Less America. You can get it wherever you buy your books. If you're in the Memphis area, Novel Memphis has all of – they're sort of like – Novel Central for Todd Starnes. Uh, so they carry all of my books at Novel Memphis. And this book was really the first in a series of books documenting the collapse of our society. And I wrote in this book, I predicted that the progressive left, their ultimate goal was to eradicate sex and gender. And why were they going to do that? Because they had to do that to destroy the American family. And everybody thought I was off my rocker. But years later, it turns out 
I was right on the money. So there's a new group of American and Canadian scientists, and they are officially recommending that scientists phase out terms like male and female from scientific language. Instead of calling you a man or a woman, they want to call you a sperm producer or a egg producer. Now, can you imagine you're at the bar at Applebee's trying to meet that sweet young lady at the end of the... uh, at the end of the bar and you walk over there with your baptist martini in hand and you say hey baby are you a um, sperm producer or an egg producer you know what's going to happen you may as well ask the woman if she was having a ladies day because she's gonna she's gonna go you know what on your baptist martini anyway we got more to say about this but i tried to tell folks it's coming it's happening we'll be right back hour two is about to happen stick around everybody From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get to it. Hello, everybody. Uh, Great to have you with us today. Todd Starnes here. Uh, We're waiting for a big EPA hearing to find out the, uh, the latest from East Palestine. Meanwhile, a lot of people there in that town are asking where Pete Buttigieg is. Why hasn't he been there, boots on the ground? And it's a great question. As a matter of fact, the mayor of that community said he had not even heard from the White House until yesterday. What what, what was taking them so long? Well, as, as I laid out for you yesterday, and I'll repeat it just briefly, the reason why is that the people in Columbia, Anna County, Ohio, do not matter to joe biden or the democrats they voted overwhelmingly for donald trump it is also an overwhelmingly white community and therefore that is not politically advantageous for the democrats so they're giving it a pass no matter how awful it is well look we're going to talk more about this a little bit later i want to go to the patriot mobile newsmaker line good friend of this program she is the spokesperson for president trump liz harrington liz hope you're doing good Hey, Todd. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well, and I have to say you are still in your prime, Liz Harrington, no matter what Don Lemon says. <laughs> Thank you so much. Unbelievable. You know, it's. I was watching that. It was like, I, I hate to pardon the pun, but it was like watching a train wreck on CNN when, when Lemon just would not stop, that guy. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, you were just talking about that East Palestine a disaster and you know it struck me yesterday thinking about this you know they like to talk about environmental racism well what do they call this i mean clearly these leaders couldn't care less because it's a bunch of trump supporters uh in a town a small town hard-working manufacturing farmers uh that all voted for trump and they don't care it's absolutely sickening it doesn't matter where this would have occurred. Can you imagine? It would have never occurred because we wouldn't have the absolute like third world status we are now. Uh, it wouldn't have happened if President Trump was in there. But can you imagine if this did happen? We would be all over the place on the ground helping these people, and there's nobody there. It is such a disgrace. 
Well, and to add to the disgrace, you have uh, Secretary Pete out there blaming President Trump for what happened. Uh, it's sick. It is absolutely sick. It's disgusting lies. I mean, how, how can they? They have no shame. They have no shame. He has presided over the absolute destruction of pretty much every major transportation sector. We've seen uh, all airlines grounded under his watch. We've seen the supply chain completely ground to a halt. Now we're seeing these train derailments with these controlled chemical burns. I mean, this is so out of control. He has no accountability. He took, you know, six months off for paternity leave. This guy is a joke. He is unqualified. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he's a racist because all he does is spends his time complaining about white people. I mean, it's unbelievable. This guy has got to go. And if they had any shame, they would have resigned yesterday. Yeah, they've got no shame, this crowd, Liz, and it's heartbreaking uh, to watch all the people coming out, hundreds of hundreds of them, and you know they're 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 sharing their stories. They're being told, "Oh, everything's okay. Go ahead and drink the water." Meanwhile, people are complaining of all these medical issues now, the, the livestock dropping dead, and then just a little while ago, we got word of another massive train derailment involving uh, again hazardous chemicals right outside of, of Detroit. And you'll wonder, when is the Biden administration going to wake up? Exactly. You know, it's just like the, the Chinese spy balloon, right? They've opened up our border. They've opened up our airspace to enemies. And now I don't know what's going on with these train derailments, but it's completely out of control. And nobody knows what's going on. And people are going to get hurt. I mean, the fact that you have all these animals dropping dead and this is clearly, it was not safe to go back into this area after two days. I mean, the government officials at the state level, but more importantly, the federal level, because they have the resources. They passed, with Mitch McConnell's help, by the way, these rhinos in the Senate, they passed a, what, $1.7 trillion so-called infrastructure bill, which was nothing of the kind. The federal government has the resources. What are they doing? They're doing nothing. And, it, I mean, this this has to stop. Our country, we're not going to make it to 2024 unless we get a hold of our country. I mean, this is so out of control, uh, crumbling before our eyes. I mean, we are just praying for the people all throughout that region in the area, in Ohio and Pennsylvania. I mean, now you have reports of it's all going down in the river. Uh, to West Virginia as well. I mean, this is such an environmental catastrophe. And where are the people? Where are the Green New Deal zealots? They are silent because they do not actually care about our environment. Yes, and if you're looking for more proof, further proof, look down on the on the Atlantic Ocean seabed where there is what's left of the Nord Stream pipeline, which was blown up and we're being led to believe under orders of Joe Biden. You know, and they haven't said a word about it, about which is, I believe, the biggest release of uh, pollutants in history for that type of gas. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unfathomable. And you've heard nothing about it. Not, not to mention the fact that the escalation 
with this war in Ukraine that, again, is so needless, would never be happening if President Trump was in the White House as commander in chief, where Russia actually respected us. They didn't invade any of their neighbors. President Trump is the only person, the only president in modern history of the past four presidents who can say that because he was strong and he led America with strength and our enemies, our adversaries, our allies all knew they had to respect the United States of America again. That's all gone. And we've seen the consequences and all these consequences are playing out before our eyes on issue after issue after issue. We're a more dangerous world. We're a less prosperous world. And and we have to turn it around with President Trump. Uh, And that's why he's running again. Liz, I want to shift gears and talk about the campaign. Of course, Nikki Haley throwing her hat into the ring. Um, there, she, she made a couple of, she made a couple of hits. Uh, I think she, uh, some, somehow insinuates that President Trump needs, needs a mental exam. She didn't say that by name, but, um, or, you know, to test his cognitive skills. What's the president's reaction to, to her entering the race? Well, you said it on True Social yesterday, you know, she's pulling about 1%. That's off to a good start. Uh, I don't think he's bothered much by, you know, her entering the race. You know, she called him and he said, look, you know, you said you'd never run against me. Uh, I could never run against our president, but here she is. You know, you said you got to follow your heart. Um, You know, I think it's very kind of interesting that she's talking about, oh, a new generation when she has been in politics way longer than President Trump has. She's been around since, I think, 2009 when she was first elected, maybe even before that, actually, when you're talking about the state level. I mean, this is someone who's been around much longer. So it's not exactly a new generation. And really, it's not new ideas. These are the same type of ideas. I mean, talking about Ukraine, she wants to escalate there. She wants to send uh, more planes, more tanks. She wants to escalate everything. She doesn't want to do what President Trump wants to do, which is get a peace deal uh, and stop this needless war, uh, get America strong again. So all these issues, um, you know, we put out a a brief on it yesterday, just kind of laying out some of the history, the actual record of Nikki Haley. And it would not lead to a new generation. It would not lead to the real results the American people are desperate for, which they got under President Trump's first term and certainly want under a second. Fair enough. Liz Harrington on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. I want to play some audio from Sarah Palin weighing in on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Cut number 10, please. You know, for him, it's going to be the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. Does he think DeSantis jumps in? DeSantis doesn't need to. He, I envision him as our president someday, mm-hmm. but, but not right now. Everybody I speak with in Florida, they all love him. And he does set the tone for, I'd say, every other governor in the nation. I think he's our best governor. And he should stay governor for a bit longer. He's young. You know, he, he, has, he has decades ahead of him where he can be our you, president. You- you see, I'm I'm with Palin. I think he ought to set this one out. He's going to have his turn. But I'm curious, are you guys preparing for DeSantis to enter the race? Well, I think, you know, the writing's kind of on the wall at this point. If he was, you know, committed to Florida and staying there as governor, he would say so. But he's not willing to say that. Obviously, he's got these big globalist donors coming in, announcing that they're going to support, want him to run. Uh, he hasn't, you know, denounced that or any of that talk. And so I think it's pretty obvious until he says otherwise, I think it's a fair assumption that he's running, which, 
you know, is not a very MAGA thing to do because the most MAGA candidate in this race is clearly the leader of the MAGA movement, and it's President Donald J. Trump, who not only had a historic first term, but was robbed of his second term. And, and Ron DeSantis has said nothing about that either. I mean, this is a guy who, without President Trump's endorsement, would not have won the primary to become uh, the nominee for governor uh, of Georgia in 2018. And then in 2018, when they were up to their shenanigans uh, in Broward County, when they kept finding ballots, they were trying to get it away from Rick Scott, uh, the senator. They were trying to take away votes from Ron DeSantis running for governor. You know, who stepped in? President Donald J. Trump and said, stop the nonsense. Stop the cheating. Uh, we have to clean up our elections and really save that race for him. So, look, President Trump's been very clear his thoughts on this. Uh, he's an open book. He thinks it's not, you know, a very loyal thing to do. But, you know, he, he's open to whoever gets in the race. We're not worried about anything. You know, we're worried about the American people in the state of the country. And that's why we're committed to winning and making sure we fix our great country. We had a caller, Bill, from Memphis, Tennessee, and he had an idea. I, I kind of like this idea. Biden won't go to East Palestine. Pete Buttigieg won't go. Wouldn't it be great if President Trump you know, was able to kind of work his way up there and maybe do a rally? You know, the people, would. it would be amazing for the people. And we'll have to talk about it. I'll have to talk about it with him. But you know, he has a heart for the, the American people. He really does. And I know his heart is pouring out. I mean, you, you can't watch these interviews and not feel that. I mean, can you imagine if this happened to your town and you'd be stuck and, and not able to even get out? I mean, these people, a lot of them do not have the means. And even if they did, they can't sell their home now. Who's going to buy their home? It, it is just beyond a disgrace what uh, the the failure of the government response. I think it is a great idea, but we'll have to talk about it and see what the possibilities are. Liz, we're going to leave it there. Always great having you on the program, and uh, tell the president we said hello. Oh, I will. Thanks so much, Todd. Always good to be with you. All right. There you have it, folks. Liz Harrington, a spokesperson for President Trump, and doesn't look like they're very concerned, doesn't look like they're terribly worried about Nikki Haley, and again, her polling is just, it's just minuscule. And even Ron DeSantis, all combined, Trump beats all candidates, all Republicans running. And if you go down the list, look at Pompeo, Pence, uh, DeSantis, Tim Scott, who's who's actually uh, considering a run for the White House as, as well. All right, folks, so who do you like here? I mean, Trump is going to be the nominee. Who do you think the VP ought to be? 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us today. Let's go to North Carolina. Charles on the line. WSIC is our great radio station there. Hi, Charles. So uh, who do you think Trump ought to pick? Well, Todd, I hope you're doing well today. Todd, I'll tell you who I would like to see him pick. Uh, I want to see him pick Ron DeSantis. 
I've, I've seen our country and our party go down this road before in, uh, in 1980. And uh, I don't want to see what happened uh, now happen. What happened then happen now. That's when Ronald Reagan, as you know, Todd, brought in George H.W. Bush to be his vice president, who was also his chief political rival during the, uh, the campaign. And it supposedly unified the party. And unfortunately, after Reagan left office, uh, uh, that establishment wing uh, came right back in and pretty much started to undo everything Ronald Reagan did. So I think Trump needs to pick somebody that's going to implement and is on board with a MAGA agenda. To where if something happens to Trump, uh, the uh, agenda will continue to be implemented uh, and not undone. And the only person, Todd, that I'm comfortable, that I feel comfortable of doing that is Ron DeSantis. It also guarantees you the state of Florida. Uh, DeSantis has uh, broad appeal uh, in the Hispanic community, so that's going to help you in, uh, in states like Arizona. Uh and, you know, if, if not DeSantis tied somebody from one of these battleground states like Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, but definitely it's got to be somebody that's on board with Trump and not a Nikki Haley type or a mock Mike Pompeo or somebody like that. You know, it's interesting, Charles, going back to 1980, that was not a, believe it or not, that was not meant to be a unity ticket. It was this really George H.W. Bush was the accidental vice president, and it was going to be a Reagan-Ford ticket. That was the plan. Then Gerald Ford goes out there and does an interview, and he talked about how this was actually going to be a co-presidency. And when Reagan got wind of that interview, he went ballistic and that's how George H.W. Bush ended up getting getting the job, even though they did not like each other, and Reagan especially did not like George H.W. Bush. Correct, correct. But, yeah, I just think DeSantis that, – now, Trump may have to move or uh, declare residence in another state. I think there's something uh, in, constitutionally that would prevent them both being from the same state. But uh, I just think that those two would be the dream team. But, Todd – one thing I want to see Donald Trump do, or should I say not do, he does not need to criticize DeSantis, Nikki Haley, any Republican opponent. He just needs to move past all that, focus on Joe Biden, focus on the MAGA agenda, and and not not do anything to divide the party whatsoever. And uh, and he'll win. You know, let, let them be the ones that call names, that point fingers, and do this and do that. But just be above all that and uh, be presidential and go out there and, you know, and just act like you're president. Because in my opinion, he is. Uh, he, was robbed of, he was robbed of a second term. Go out there, uh, act like the president, and, uh, and, get, and, and get your agenda implemented. All right, Charles, we're going to leave it there. Appreciate the call. Um, folks, what say you? Charles says, Trump DeSantis, it makes sense. It would be a dream team. And it would also set DeSantis up for running in 2028 as as president. I, I, look, I like it. I, I do. And it makes sense to me. I'm not sure if those two giant egos are going to be willing to do it. I, let's see. 844-747-8868. Maybe we could get a petition going or something. This is the Todd Stern Show.
Welcome back, everybody. Watching Fox News right now, they're all over this Memphis, Tennessee police scandal. The beating of Tyree Nichols. Horrible situation. And we haven't heard from we haven't heard from the police chief in in forever. Uh, I think she's gone into hiding. People are literally walking around town with the milk cartons and her face is on the cut. Where has anybody seen her? Missing. The mayor refuses to do any interviews with anyone other than these leftist news organizations, so the mayor doesn't want to answer any questions. The police chief doesn't want to answer any questions. And you've got the mainstream media, and they're just it's it's a mess. And they're they're missing the story. Including, you know, I hate to say this, but including Fox News. I, I don't think people truly understand what happened in Memphis. By the way, and I'm, I'm going to explain this because this will impact you in, in your city, in your community. Just yesterday, our George Soros district attorney, a guy by the name of Steve Mulroy, he was a law professor. He is a far leftist, and he campaigned on bail reform. That's what that's what Steve Mulroy did, and he won. He beat the only Republican holding an office in Memphis, Tennessee. And this guy vowed to basically rebuild the justice system here in Memphis. And the, the, the reality is we are a majority-minority city. An overwhelming majority of the crime is committed by minorities. That's just a reality. Even the police chief, who is a black female, and by the way, she was only hired because the mayor wanted to make another another diversity hire. Got to have a black female police chief. And that's what they got. So yesterday, the new we have a brand new cashless bail system. And the district attorney says the whole point of this is to have fewer people in jail. And I would suggest looking at how that's working out for people in New York City, where folks are afraid to even step foot on the subway now. And it looks as though we're going to have all of these all of these thugs back out on the streets. Oh, by the way, somebody called somebody said I was a racist because they said thug is the new N-word. Is that true? Where can I go to get I because I I want to stay on top of all the latest, you know, um, machinations when it comes to the language. But is there one person that decides that this word is now considered to be to be racist? I I'm, I'm very curious about that. And I'll get to, there's a reason I'm asking. I'll get to that in just a moment. So anyway, to give you an example, a few days ago, there are these teenage boys and they tried to carjack somebody in a very nice part of town, and they opened fire on the motorist. Thankfully, the motorist escaped injury, but they were trying to shoot and they were trying to shoot and kill this guy. One of the kids who was arrested, sixteen years old, you know what they did? They let him right back out on the streets again. Gave him a, 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 a monitor. He's got to put that on his leg, a leg monitor, one of those ankle things. And the only reason we know this is there was yet another criminal act day before yesterday, and this kid got arrested, and he already had his ankle monitor. What are they going to do, put the ankle monitor on the other one now? We're going to have two? There was a 10-year-old boy 
in Memphis, had a gun, went over to a woman in her car, a grandmother, put that gun right between her eyeballs and said, give me the car, I'm going to blow your blow your head off. It's a 10-year-old. A 10-year-old. So the woman does as she's instructed to do, and the kid crashes the car, and they arrest this kid. The kid did not even step foot in jail. Kid was immediate rele- immediately released. This is all part of the district attorney's plan to empty the jails. Now, I'm curious, all you people listening to us in Memphis, Tennessee, this is an opportunity for the rest of the nation to understand the ramifications of all of this, the ramifications of electing soft on crime lawmakers. And I'm curious, do you f- actually feel safe in this city? 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. By the way, this Tyree Nichols thing, this is this whole thing is is weird and it is going to take a very interesting turn that will end up being a lifetime TV movie. But I'm telling you right now folks, the mainstream media will not cover what this is really all about because they want this to be about police reform it has nothing to do with that it's looking more and more like this is or this was some sort of a lover's triangle gone bad and poor mr nichols got killed and if that's the case that has nothing to do with police reform now again they haven't come out officially and said we still don't have all the video, and we don't have a lot of the a lot of the evidence. But a lot of people around town are saying there's a whole heck of a lot more to this story. But anyway, it's all over the national news. All right, I want to get back to the to the to the racist language. And by the way, our number eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. That's eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. Joyless Reed over at MSDNC. Very upset with Ron DeSantis. Says he's using racist language. Cut number 12. It's hard to get away from the fact that when he says woke, they mean, when they say woke, they mean black. Absolutely. Black folk invented the term woke, right? And they have twisted it. And the things that they object to, the black national anthem, Mm -hmm. the fact that white people were marching for Black Lives Matter, that's what they're afraid of, is the the connection of even white folks to empathy for black folks. It's really hard to avoid you know, uh, Mr. Gillum said he may not be racist, but the racist, but the racist might, might think he's racist. A hundred percent. And I think that Reverend Sharpton, you know, Reverend Al touched on that. You know, it's scary when you see these young white kids marching, these young white kids who are quote unquote woke, because, you know, that is who they're trying to protect. Because be very clear, when he's talking about parental rights and when he's talking about protecting children, he's not talking about black or brown children. That's correct. He's talking about white children. That's right. So whenever you hear the word woke, I see black people. That, that's what Joyless Reed over at MSDNC says. She's not the only one. Soul Daddy O'Brien. Oh, I'm sorry. Soledad. Soul Daddy O'Brien. I did it again. Soledad O'Brien. There we go. A former CNN news gal, and she got whacked. But she's on the Twitter verse now, and she she's all out there. She's throwing these Twitter bombs left and right. Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, uh, weighed in on the Super Bowl and the national anthem and talked about all the how we could go without all that wokeness, talking about the black national anthem. 
And Soul Daddy says, for many people, woke means black people, or more likely a racist slur. So maybe do a better job in interviews when people talk about wokeness. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Soul Daddy's one of those. She uses the okay, okay, okay. So I just want to clear this up. And again, I don't know if there's a, a national clearinghouse and people sit around and they're just coming up with, okay, you know what? This word is racist now. That word is racist. Duke's mayonnaise, racist. Chick-fil-A, racist. Cracker Barrel. Well, Cracker Barrel can't be racist because Cracker is, well, you know, that's a slur for honkies, white people, people of the Caucasian persuasion. So I'm just curious, who runs this clearinghouse that they, they determine what words are racist and what words are not? That That's all I'm asking here. But anyway, I want to, I want to address Soul Dandy and Joyless for just a moment, because I'm pretty sure that woke does not mean what you think it means, girls. I suspect that these girls just need an education. So, Joyless, Soul Daddy, listen up here. Uh, Yes, many people use the word woke, but it does not mean what you think it means. Because I'm pretty sure woke means self-righteous, perpetually offended jackasses. Okay? Okay. 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Okay. You said that you're a trans woman. A trans female. Yes, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. Yeah. Well, that escalated quickly. Uh, wow. So that was a, a hearing in Arkansas. The, there's been a big debate over these transgender surgeries, you know, the um, these radical sex and gender revolutionaries, perverts, and they want to mutilate these kids. It's just unbelievable. So anyway, there was a, a hearing yesterday and a one of the lawmakers uh, who you just heard was asking a question. This was uh, Senator Senator McKee, Matt McKee, and he was interviewing Gwendolyn Herzig, who is actually a Hemzig. Um, Mr. Hemzig is a pharmacist who is a man, born a man, now identifies as a gal. And he was testifying in support of allowing minors to whack off their private parts. This was all happening in a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. And, of course, you heard the audience, How dare you? Who do you think you are asking this man if he has, a, if he has an appendage? Who do you think you are? Well, it's a valid point. Because this guy is identifying himself, and I want you to think about this for a moment. This guy is testifying that that children who don't know any better, children should be allowed to have surgery to cut off their private parts. Meanwhile, this is a grown man, and he didn't get rid of his parts. According to NBC News, covering the, covering the, the story, the hearing, this is terrible. Mr. Herzig, 
said, that's horrible. I don't know what my rights are, but that question was horribly inappropriate. Hey, pal, listen up. We have something called the Constitution. You have a right to ask whatever kinds of questions you want to ask. Mr. Himzig, pardon me, Herzig, said, I'm a healthcare professional, a doctor. Please treat me as such. Next question, please. Well, I would have just asked the question again. It seems to me it's a legitimate question. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna force these children to go through these horrible mutilation surgeries, why didn't you go through that? Hmm. Anyway, people are very upset. I I thought the senator asked a very a very straightforward question. Oh, Sam Smith is back in the news. Is this the singer guy who's all right? I. I just don't get this fella. So now um, he's he's weighing in. Just play the audio. Goodness gracious. No. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to be a fish, fisher them. What, like a fly fisherman? I'd, I'd, be a, I'd be any type of fisher them. I think I would like to, one day I'd just like to end my days fishing. Like we can solve that. Do you yeah. fly fishing? Or I do it on the sea and I do it in lakes. I've never done it alone. So cool. Someone's always taught me. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Wait, did he say what I I thought he said? He can, can we play that again? It's not. He didn't say he wanted to be a fisherman, right? He he said something else. Let's go back and listen very closely. No, yes, I do. What? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to be a fish, fisher them. What, like a fly fisherman? I'd I'd be a, I'd be any type of fisher them. I think I would like to one day. I just like to end my days fishing. I do it on the sea and I do it in lakes. I've never done it alone. So cool. Someone's always taught me. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. I bet he's done it alone. Uh, so Sam Smith is a man. So he was born a man. He now identifies as something called non-binary. And there, there was a time in America, there was a time, a time in the world where if you behave like this, you were sent to a hospital or a clinic so they could help you get better. They would not put you on national television. So Sam Smith, the singer, says that he would like to be a fisher them. Not a fisher man, but a fisher them. Unbelievable. Now, he's catching a lot of blowback. Uh, by the way, Smith uses the pronouns they and them. Again, he's a man, sir. A man. People are weighing in. What fresh linguistic hell is this? Good question. Sam Smith needs to shut up, says Piers Morgan. The saddest thing about this is the fact nobody pulled Sam Smith up on Fisher them even though he was smiling wryly. Nobody picked up on it. That was the interesting bit. Fear of offense. This is, again, Bev Turner, a British television presenter. Fear of offense has stifled curiosity and caused mass conversational constipation. Oh, I like Bev. You go, girl. I wonder what kind of fish. I mean, if Sam Smith was out there, fish, what kind of a no, it's not a not a not a crappie guy. No, not probably not trout. I'm thinking blowfish. Be a monkfish. You ever seen one of those? Monkfish are very, very very ugly. Yeah, they are ugly. But I'm thinking blowfish. 
Let's go to the phones. Billy in North Carolina, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I was just listening to your conversation about the uh, the pharmacist, I believe, and the question he was asked and how he thought it was so terrible. I, I, you know, it's just like most of your uh, liberal Democrats. They want everybody else to do what they say, but they don't want to do it themselves. They want to spend everybody else's money as long as it's not their own, and they don't. They will cut everybody else's, you know, what off. But they want to keep theirs, you know. They want you to do as they say and and not as they do. That's it, Billy. You're absolutely right, and I'm glad this state lawmaker had the courage to to call this guy out because that's exactly who do you think you who do you think you are asking me if I have a male appendage? Should have demanded an answer. Yes, we, and we've just taken his word for it. We don't need to have show and tell there at the state capitol. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't want to want to see it. I just wanted him to answer. I understand. I mean, I that, but, you know, I don't think the liberals know what the truth is. It's just the, they tell the truth when it's okay, and they tell a lie when it's okay. Just That's so it. they don't get caught. Billy, you're absolutely right. Appreciate that call, sir. And and he, he is right, folks. When push comes to shove, the Democrats are always out there saying, you do this, and then they turn around and do the exact opposite. So good for you, uh, Mr. McKee, for calling out this radical transgender activist. And again, there's no such thing as transgenderism. God made male and female, ladies and gentlemen, male and female. All right, we got to take a break. We have got a great next hour uh, coming up. We're going to be talking with Congressman Jeff Van Drew out of New Jersey. Uh, we're going to ask him about all these uh, train derailments, crazy stuff going on out there. Also, he's co-sponsoring a Build the Wall Now Act. And then a little bit later on, Mark Graney, the author of the Gray Man series, had a great show on Netflix, brand new novel coming out, New York Times bestseller. He's going to be here in studio. Got to take a break here, folks. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's common sense conservative commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 3 of the Big Show. Good to have you with us today, border to border, coast to coast, across the fruited plain. Well, we've got a lot going on this hour of the show. I want to go right to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Great to have with us from the 2nd Congressional District in New Jersey, our friend Congressman Jeff Van Drew. Congressman, hope you're doing good today. I'm doing good, Todd, and it's good to be on with you. And thank you for the the work that you do in bringing the truth to the people. You know, Congressman, uh, you and I have a mutual friend, of course, the great Harry Hurley, who is the unofficial mayor of Atlantic City, New Jersey. Absolutely. Harry keeps his finger on the pulse, I'm telling you, of everything that's going on, not only in Atlantic City, but in South Jersey, New Jersey, and the country. He's a good man, and uh, he is a really focused person. The interesting thing about Harry is, and we're friends, um, but we started just about the same time. I was like um, the mayor of Dennis Township, a 
relatively small rural community of about 7,000 people, and he started his radio show, and we've known our, each other ever since. Well, he's a great guy, and, and Harry fills in on a regular basis on, on my show, and uh, we just appreciate uh, his great work. You know, Congressman, we've been uh, following the developments in East Palestine, Ohio. You are a member of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. We're just coming out a little while ago of another train derailment in Detroit. Congressman, are these all just coincidences? What's going on here? I, I have to tell you, Todd, I, first of all, and I think you know me a little bit, I am not a conspiracy guy that sees something happening behind every door. Uh, I, I don't believe in weird theories and all, but I, I have never seen a time. I was just talking to my staff about it. I've been around a few years, and I have since being a little boy to you know adulthood in my life now, I have never seen a time in history such as this where you have a president who doesn't reassure us, who doesn't come out and exude strength. I mean, you know, we've had some bad presidents, but this is by far the worst. And and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the terrible E word. He really should be impeached. And it's not because he's a Democrat and I'm a Republican. It's because it's everything he's done. It's because what he's done to the military, what he has done to our police, by the way he's behaved, what he's done to our borders, what he's done as far as these balloons and objects and things. I, I guess we'll hear now what they're going to supposedly tell us what they are. Don't think that the congressmen, even the ones that are on armed services committee, know more because they don't. Because I, I'm not sure that he knows. We're we're weak. We're weak with China. We're weak with the, Russia. We're um, spending money like there's no tomorrow. Um, we have all kinds of issues and problems. Uh, and, and I'm very, very concerned, and I feel so badly for the people in Palestine, in Palestine, because they literally are not, in many cases, getting the truth. They are so worried because they don't have an administration that they can be confident in. They are so worried that they're being told lies. I, I would worry, too. I'll tell them right off the bat. I'd be very careful before I'd go back. I'd have it checked out independently. I and, mean, of course, we're going to have hearings on this in in the Transportation Infrastructure Committee. Um, we're also going to have, you know, information coming to us, hopefully on a regular basis. But it hasn't been much. And it's so typical of this administration. And, and Congressman, again, I mean, talk about the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Where is this guy? People were asking at that big town hall meeting last night, where is Pete Buttigieg? And, and I'm afraid, Congressman, when you look at the back, when you look at the demographics here, 96% white community, over 70% of those people voted for Donald Trump. It's the area of the country. Barack Obama said they're bitter clingers, cling to the guns, cling to the religion. And I, I wonder if the White House just really doesn't care because they're not worth anything politically to these folks. Uh, God knows, because see, the, the new Democratic Party is a party of elitism. It's a party of we're smarter than you. We know better than you. We have to rule and guide you. It is not the party. You know, it used to be years ago, okay, this is the party of the working person. The working person now... Uh, most of them are Republicans, regular folks. And when I say working person, uh, you know, I'm talking about people, anything from painters to carpenters to electricians to plumbers to doctors. 
uh, and dentists, people who just work for a living for real. Um, and they don't respect people like that. They don't, I'm a dentist. They don't like dentists either. Um, it's, it's not even a matter only people think it's just a matter of education. It's not. And, um, unfortunately they demean those people and diminish them and, and, and don't respect them. So it does make you wonder a lot. And you know what I, Secretary Buttigieg, what, seriously, Again, not to be mean, I don't like to be, but I got to tell the truth. It's what I do. This guy is behaving like a prepubescent child. I mean, he's laughing at jokes about balloons. This is serious stuff. He's laughing, almost laughing about what's going on in Ohio and doesn't care. He should have been there. He should have been there with his team. For God's sake, if the president could have been there, and he could have been because the president's basically doing nothing, he should have been there to reassure people that we're strong, that we can deal with this, that we're going to unturn over every stone and look under every rock to find anything that could be wrong or would go wrong. And why are so many trains derailing? Why are there objects in the air? Why are we allowing people to just flow illegally into our country? Why are our drug numbers going up? Why is our military allowing things like Afghanistan to happen? Why is it all happening? I mean, there's something very, very wrong, and and we have to fight hard to change it and straighten it out. And, Congressman, I don't mean to ramp this up, but we do have the president speaking right now, so we appreciate you taking time to be with us today and appreciate your insight. Let's all pray that he really says something. Absolutely. I I appreciate being on, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. All right, Congressman Jeff Van Drew, ladies and gentlemen, the Republican from New Jersey. Let's listen in to President Biden. Reporting to me daily, and we'll continue the urgent efforts to do so, and I will communicate that to the Congress. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were, but nothing, nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other, any other country. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation, or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. When I came into office, I instructed our intelligence community to take a broad look at the phenomenon of unidentified aerial objects. We know that a range of entities, including countries, companies, and research organizations, operate objects at altitudes for purposes that are not nefarious, including legitimate scientific research. I want to be clear. We don't have any evidence that there has been a sudden increase in the number of objects in the sky. We're now just seeing more of them partially because the steps we've taken to increase our radars, to narrow our radars. And we have to keep adapting our approach to uh, delaying, to dealing with these challenges. That's why I've directed my team to come back to me with sharper rules for how we will deal with these unidentified objects moving forward, distinguishing, distinguishing between those that are likely to pose safety and security risks that necessitate action and those that do not. But make no mistake, if any object presents a threat to the safety and security of the American people, I will take it down. I'll be sharing with Congress these classified policy parameters when they're completed and uh, they'll remain classified so we don't give our roadmap to our enemies to try to evade our defenses. Going forward, these parameters will guide what actions we'll take while responding to unmanned and unidentified aerial objects. We're going to keep adapting them as the challenges evolve, if it evolves. 
In addition, we've derived directed my national security advisor to lead a government-wide effort to make sure we are positioned to deal safely and effectively with the objects in our airspace. First, we will establish a better inventory of unmanned airborne objects in space above the United States airspace and make sure that inventory is accessible and up to date. Second, we'll implement further measures to improve our capacity to detect unmanned objective, uh, objects in our airspace. Third, we'll update the rules and regulations for launching and maintaining unmanned objects in the skies above the United States of America. And fourth, my Secretary of State will lead an effort to help establish a global, a global, common global norms in this largely unregulated space. These steps will lead to safer and more secure skies for our air travelers, our military, our scientists, and for people on the ground as well. That's my job as your president and commander-in-chief. As the events of the previous days have shown, we'll always act to protect the interest of the American people and the security of the American people. Since I came to office, we've developed the ability to identify, track, and study high-altitude surveillance balloons connected with the Chinese military. When one of these high-altitude surveillance balloons entered our airspace over the continental United States earlier in the month, I gave the order to shoot it down well, that's a lie. as soon as it would be safe to do so. The military advised against shooting it down over land because of the sheer size of it. It was the size of multiple school buses and opposed a risk to people on the ground if it was shot down where people lived. Instead, we tracked it closely, we analyzed its capabilities, and we learned more about how it operates. And because we knew its path, we were able to protect sensitive sites against collection. We waited until it was safely over water, which would not only protect civilians, but also enable us to recover substantial components for further, analysis, for, for, for further analytics. And then we shot it down, sending a clear message, clear message. The violation of our sovereignty is unacceptable. We'll act to protect our country, and we did. Now, this past Friday, we put restrictions on six firms that directly support the People's Republic Liberation Army, People's Lib- the People's Liberation Army Aerospace Program that includes airships and balloons uh, denying them access to U.S. technology. We briefed our diplomatic partners and our allies All right, the let world. me jump in here. All right, thank you. Enough of you, Mr. President. So he's basically feeding us a line here, and I'm curious to know if you guys are buying what the president is selling. So uh, Biden finally breaking his silence. He says that the three objects over the weekend that were shot down were not related to China. They have no idea what they are. They said they may be may belong to private businesses or they may be balloons. They just don't know. Well, we know they're not balloons because of the pilots who said they weren't balloons. But my greater concern here is if they they didn't know what they were shooting down. But I think they did. Are you buying any of this, ladies and gentlemen? 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. Again, uh, the president coming out and saying that the three objects were not related to China, but they don't know what they are. 844-747-8868. We'll be right back with your calls. (music) 
All right, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Let's go to the phones. 844-747-8868. Patty in North Carolina. Patty, you, you heard the president. W- what's your take? He's a liar. Why do you say that, Patty? He don't even know what he's talking about. Oh, my God, this guy. You know what? If if people really can, I can't even, I, I had to turn it off, Todd. I couldn't even watch him, okay? He's, he's, he, he's. And it took him all this time. They had to come up with something. He had to show his face. It took him. It took him all this time to say we don't know what those things were. <laughs> That's and, and and what's even worse? Imagine this: you own a hot air balloon company. You think anybody's yeah. going to be hopping in that basket? No, they can get blown to smithereens. It's funny that you said that because we have a lot of hot air balloons in North Carolina here, and I'm thinking. Hell no, I'm not getting in one of them. <laughs> It'll shoot my rear end down in two seconds. I'm not, I know why. But, you know, I want to tell you something, Todd. It, you know what? They talk to you like we're like five years old. Yeah, I'm not buying what he's selling. I'm just, I'm not doing it, Patty. I'm not well, buying I, what he's I, selling. Listen, I, 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 listen, I'm 63, and, and I'm going to tell, tell you something. Don Lemon, yes, I'm in my prime, Okay. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I've known and watched this guy for over 50 years now from the Senate and all the way up. The guy has been nothing but a liar and a plagiarist, and he's nothing but, and I don't know how people voted for him. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, they want normal back. They had normal. They had Donald Trump. Donald Trump, this country was doing, we weren't doing, I'm not saying great, but we were fine. We were doing okay, Todd. Patty, we're going to leave it there, but good call, and I agree with you. You are in your prime, my dear. Uh, let's go to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Herbert on the line. Herbert, what would you think about what the president said? Well, I'm not 63. I'm more like 77, but uh, did did Biden say PLO? PLO. <laughs> I think wrong country, wrong enemies. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, uh, a PLO. When, and and if, if it was PLO, boy, that... Bloom went from east to west, <laughs> and I don't. I, I'm I'm kind of confused, you know. I, uh, so that's, that's all I gotta say. Of course, I know he's a liar. So you know, she, Tammy's already hit that nail on the head. So I won't bother to hit that nail on the head. But PLO, I'm thinking. Uh, well, you know, I think it was CCP, right? CCP. That is correct, uh, Herbert. And uh, <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, really, I know. <laughs> All right, all right. That's all I had to say. Herbert, great call. Day. All right, give us a holler back, and we love all of our friends out in Chattanooga. Let's go to Bill. Uh, Bill, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, Todd, I was just listening. Oh, and thanks for having me on, by the way. Um, I was just listening to Mr. Biden speak. I, I don't like to call him president because it just doesn't sound right. But <laughs> but I was just listening to him speak about that this balloon thing, and he was saying, well, we don't know what they are, but they could be research balloons from the university. They could be a weather balloon. They could be somebody's personal, whatever he said. Do you think for a second, Todd, that if we shot down a weather balloon that the weather service wouldn't have called and said, hey, you know, you guys just shot down my balloon or a research balloon or something like that, that somebody wouldn't have said something? They know, Todd, where those balloons came from. Of course they do. Of course they do, Bill. And for the president to come out and try to feed us a line of hooey, and it wasn't even grade A hooey. That's what what gets me. 
No, they they think wow. we're stupid, Tom. Yep. They, they, this administration thinks the American people are dumber than a box of rocks. And I got news for them. We're not. Yeah. We see through this crap. Most of us do. Bill, appreciate that call. Thanks for listening to KUM. Bill from Memphis, Tennessee. By the way, folks, big news from Newsmax. We've been following the story for weeks now. AT&T's DirecTV censoring Newsmax, removing them from their platform. 22 liberal news channels currently broadcasting on DirecTV, but they've already censored two, One American News and now Newsmax. Newsmax, by the way, the fourth highest rated cable news channel in the nation, and they took them off the air. And why? Because they're conservative. President Trump says you need to cancel DirecTV and AT&T service, and we're encouraging you to stand up for free speech. How do you do that? We want you to call AT&T and DirecTV right now. 877-NEWSMAX is the toll-free number. That's 877-NEWSMAX. If you oppose censorship and you support Newsmax, give them a call. 877-NEWSMAX. We have the great author, New York Times bestseller Mark Graney, coming up next. And welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. So happy to have you with us. By the way, we would love for you to uh, get information on our upcoming journey to Israel. Uh, We're going to be taking um, a seven-day, seven-night tour, not only of the Holy Land, but also we're going to be meeting with some Israeli government officials. My good friend Joel Rosenberg um, is going to be there, and we want you to be there as well. ToddSterns.com, all the information for you. Coming up tomorrow on the show, Laura Trump is going to drop by, and so we're looking forward to that conversation. But I have been waiting for weeks now uh, for our next guest to uh, join us in studio, and uh, he is an incredible author, New York Times bestseller. He is a, a very famous person here in the Memphis area, and if you watch if you watch Netflix, you've seen the movie as well. Mark Graney joins us. Mark, good to see you. Good to see you, Todd. Thanks so, for having me. Absolutely. I mean, you're like, the, you could run for mayor of, of Memphis, Tennessee, and, and win in a landslide. <laughs> Who would want that job? Nobody would want that, Mark. <laughs> but you're getting ready to release uh, and launch the new novel, and uh, folks, we've got two copies we're going to be giving away during the interview today. Um, again, this is part of the the Gray Man series. It's called Burner, and we're going to talk about the book in just a moment. But I'm just curious how how you're doing with all the celebrity because I mean it's a lot of writers are kind of more introverted types. Yeah, and you're out there, and everybody wants to shake your hand. Yeah, it, it, people don't understand. It's like point five of one percent of of the time you're actually in public and ninety nine point nine percent of the time you're you're sitting alone with a cup of coffee and a laptop open and so it, it it's very different when, when you go out and do a tour i had two books come out last year and a film come out this year i just have one book so this is my time out in the spotlight and i'll be back in the dark <laughs> within a couple of weeks and and writing for next year you born and raised here in the memphis area that's right yeah yeah. There's something about the South and, and writers. I can't figure out what it is. Have you figured out what it is? No, I don't know what it is. And, you know, my I don't have Southern themes, and that's uh, people always sort of expect that I do because I'm from Memphis. But, I mean, I have lots of friends who are authors down in, in Memphis, but also further abroad, Ace Atkins and people like that. And, uh, and I, I love being part of that community. 
going down one of my favorite things we uh, did a book signing at square books years ago yeah. uh, down in oxford one of my favorite bookstores and of course here in memphis we're blessed with a, a several really nice independent bookstores yeah. novel memphis is normally where i go that's kind of in the neighborhood right yeah same here let's talk about about your early career uh, because it wasn't like you just graduated you went to university i understand what political science and international relations yeah yeah i got a double major and did nothing with it for 20 years or so <laughs> i love it no because we're the same age uh-huh. and uh and you did you spent a lot of time working a bar and yeah. and doing the waiting you know you were a server at uh, yeah. restaurants yeah yeah did you ever imagine all of this I imagine none of this. I, I guess I just had no ambition. I really like to write and I love to read, uh, you know, political thrillers and spy novels and whatnot. And um, I wanted to write a book and get it published. Like that was my goal in life. And it wasn't even a series. You know, like when they asked me if I wanted to do more and then they did the film rights and then I started working with Tom Clancy and then all these things happen. And every, every single thing that's happened in my career, I'm like, I was just trying to get a little paperback with my name on it. And let's talk about Tom Clancy because that was uh, – and I, w- I was reading interviews you've done, and, and that was really um, the moment. But it was pretty terrifying, I have to imagine, to, to write that, what, sample chapter or yeah, whatever yeah. and turn that – what was that experience? Uh, I was terri- – well, the, the most terrifying point was when they first asked me if I'd be interested in working with Tom Clancy. And, and I'd only put out two little paperback novels. And I just did not think I was ready, but I also didn't think it was an opportunity I could say no to. But I was a huge Clancy fan. So I, like you said, I, I wrote, I think, 50 pages like a, a, to show that I knew who all the characters in the Clancy novels were and how they talked to each other and everything. And I turned that in, and then they had me go up to Baltimore, and that was ter- to meet Tom. And that was another terrifying experience. What I'm, was he like? He was uh, – Everybody had warned me that he was going to be gruff. And, you know, I'd had like eight people from his team or from my editor say, you know, it's it's going to be 45 minutes. It's going to be a little awkward. He can be a little gruff. I was in his house for five hours. We had lunch together. We had a great time. And, you know, just sitting there in Tom Clancy's office talking about – you know, the, the engines China's using in their fifth generation fighters and, and things like that. It was it was not lost on me at all. It's like this is the coolest thing that I've ever done. When when you were writing and was there a lot of research you had to do? I mean, was there a lot of education in that process of brushing? I mean, you, again, political science, international relations. Mm-hmm. But did you have to do a deep dive into that world? Absolutely. And I still do for my books. I, but when I wrote with Clancy, I spent time in Beijing and in, in Moscow and St. Petersburg and Estonia and um, Algeria. And uh, for my gray man novels, I've gone to, I think, 38 countries. I saw a picture of you at a train station in some European country. What does that do for you as, as a writer when you're when you're there like in the train station in Italy or wherever you were yeah that was in Milan I had written this 80 page scene which is in burner this book it's about 15 percent of the novel which is this crazy action scene that takes place on a train uh, from Milan to Geneva and I'd written the whole scene and then realized okay I need to go over there because the scene just it doesn't feel good enough so I went over there and did got on the exact same train took pictures looked at the angles and then I uh, went back and rewrote the scene and uh, I'm glad I did I want to give – we're going to go ahead and give out a, a copy of this. Uh, and, folks, you know how this works. We do trivia here. And 
Mark, our trivia is very easy mm-hmm. because we always want to give away stuff. Yeah. We want people to win. Uh, but here's the question. If you'd like to win a copy of uh, Mark's newest book, it'll be out, what, next week? Yeah, is that right? Uh, uh, Tuesday the 21st. It's called Burner. But here's the question. The Gray Man, which you have seen, I think just about all the country has seen on Netflix, we need to know the name of the star of that movie. Who was the star of of the gray man which came out last year if you know the answer to that give us a call at 844-747-8868 again that's a toll-free telephone number 844-747-8868 who starred in the movie the gray man um mark you um you see what's happening nationwide, and it's just, I mean, it's almost as if every day we're looking at some sort of a political thriller in, in the news yeah. with the Chinese balloons and yeah. President Biden just coming out a few minutes ago and says, you know, we we still don't know what they are. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, all I can say to that is, why did you shoot it down? <laughs> if you don't know yeah. what it is, why are you shooting it? Um, it feels like we should identify. I mean, if it was identified as a threat, yeah, sure. But if it's identified as a threat, you can probably explain what it was. You know, maybe it's it's a toaster with a balloon on top. Um, there's no need to fire a $300,000 missile. <laughs> Some of these stories, it's like they pulled them out of a spy novel. Yeah. I mean, life is like that. And, and Burner, there's a, there's a thing in there. There's a, a high-ranking – U.S. government official who's taking money from Russian foreign intelligence. Uh, he's in he's in, in the CIA, but in in real life, just a couple of weeks ago, the the head of counter t- uh, counterintelligence in New York for the FBI was arrested for um, espionage. And I think now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I wasn't. There was one of your novels where you were ta- there was a conflict between Russia and Ukraine mm-hmm. as well, and now here we are. Yeah, the the last book I did with Tom Clancy was called Command Authority. It involved Russia invading Ukraine, getting the Crimea, um, using like locals to, as support and sort of cover. And it came out in December of 2013 and then February of 2014, the war started. Do you have sources? Do people talk to you in, in government and the, in, the, in the CIA and any of those folks? Yes, definitely. But it, in that ex- example, it wasn't people saying this is going to happen. It was more like we'd seen Russia do it in Georgia and, and you know, in, in other places, and we thought there was a lot of heat between Russia and Ukraine. It's like if a war happened, this is sort of how it would happen, and then it just turned out it did happen. I was uh, watching a couple of days ago in Hollywood. Uh, someone was talking to Tom Cruise, and they were thanking him for saving Hollywood with the with the uh, with the new Top Gun movie, yeah. the sequel. And I think the point was, it's just a guy's you know, it's action adventure, guys being guys, girls being girls. Yeah. And this this idea that you know we can, it's okay to to have a movie like that. And I'm wondering if if that was part of the success that you saw. Uh, with the gray man now the fifth most popular movie on on netflix yeah i think so i I think it was just a a big action adventure and it's what people want to see um the the novels are a lot grittier a lot edgier the the violence is a little bit more real in the movie it's it's sort of bigger and um you know it's just it's more cinematic but um they're they're similar a different slightly different plots but but similar and uh and i just think it's it's fun it's just fun escapism for people uh yeah i mean we need some escapism <laughs> these days hey let's go to the phones uh mark we've got tom in oregon listening to us on kykn tom how are you today doing really good todd thank you for asking and tom you're uh, on the air with mark graney and uh, we're going to try to win you um, a copy of his new novel you ready for the trivia question 
I am. All right, we want to know who starred in that Gray Man movie on Netflix. Who was that? Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that's right. It was Ryan Gosling. Congratulations. Yeah. Not to, we have theme we have music here. Yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen yeah. here. By the way, Tom, have you seen the movie? I have. And what did you think of it? We got Mark here, so uh, you know. uh, I liked it. I I thought I thought the story was awesome and really a little a little. I'm 80 years old. I had a little bit of a trouble falling, but it, I thought it was a great movie. Well done. A little bit dark, but it was good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Hey Tom, I want you to hang tight. Uh, we're gonna yeah. Dylan's gonna get your information, and we're gonna send you a copy of Mark's book. It's called Burner, and uh, we'd love. We're, we're anxious to hear what you think about the book. I'll do that. And Todd, can I leave you with a Groucho quote? Uh, yes, you may. I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that have me as a member. <laughs> well said, Tom. We're gonna put you on hold. Congratulations. Fun bunch out there in Salem, Oregon. Yeah, it's Salem. Well, yeah, I was just out there a couple of months ago, and just beautiful countryside yeah, out there. Yeah, it is really so, nice out there. Um, okay, we've got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the book. And here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to make it super simple for book number two. If you are caller number three, caller number three, you're going to win a copy of Mark's brand-new book called Burner. Give us a call, 844-747-8868. Again, that is a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stern's radio program. Great to have you with us today here in studio. We are honored. This is really a nice treat. Mark Graney, author of the Gray Man series, and has a brand new book coming out next week called Burner. But two of our listeners are getting some advanced copies. And let's go to the phones because we have Tina from the great state of Maine listening to us on WLOB. Tina, how are you? I'm excellent. How about yourself? Tina, doing well. And by the way, Mark, WLOB, they call that radio station the Big Lobster. Uh, yeah. Nice. I like that. There you go. And Tina, you're on the air, so say hello to Mark. Well, hello, Mark. How are you? I'm great, Tina. Thanks for calling in. And Tina. Yes, no, uh, we're listening to you. <laughs> well, Tina, we're going we're gonna to hook you up with a copy of Mark's newest novel. It's called Burner, so congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. All right, we're going to put you on hold, Tina, and Dylan's going to get your information, and we'll get this in the mail to you. Awesome. Thank you, All right, congratulations. So I didn't realize that uh, your dad was in the journalism business and worked to local TV here in Memphis. Yeah, my dad was – he ran the news department at the uh, NBC affiliate here in Memphis, and I grew up around the news and and stories and things like that. There was a great guy uh, who did sports, Jack Eaton. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, friend of the family. Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know, growing up watching those kinds of – those folks, uh, I remember the day – the TV station, I don't know if you remember this, it caught fire. Oh, yeah. My dad was the manager then. So that, he so went down at three in the morning or five wow. in the morning or whatever and was worked for weeks. And they had to, they actually broadcast from outside. Outside. The parking lot. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I hope we never have to do that here at KWAM, <laughs> our flagship station, but yeah. uh, it was pretty fascinating. Yeah. Do you, do you see, do you find that a lot of the experiences you had growing up, do they, do people that you meet, do they ever end up as characters in, in your books? Yeah. Amalgamations of people. I meet our characters. Um, when I wrote The Gray Man, it's about a 
former CIA paramilitary officer. I didn't know anybody that had ever done that or even been in the CIA when I first wrote it. But but now I've met people that have worked on the covert side at, at the agency. And I'm like, yeah, he's a little bit like this guy and a little bit like this guy and a little bit like this guy. How important is it for you to get that part of it right? I mean, do you get the calls from the CIA guys or the military folks saying, hey, you know, this is exactly how we would do something like that? I, I've, I've heard both sides. <laughs> I've have heard you? like you're like way off. And then I've heard like, wow, how did you get that? And um, at some point, especially this is my 20th. 23rd book being published, at some point it becomes less important to get every detail right so you can prove that you know what you're talking about and more important to capture the reader's emotions and, and, and all that. So that's more what I'm focused on. They're very geopolitical and there's a lot of actual fact in there. Um, but it's it's more about bringing the reader along on this really wild ride. And tell us about the, the new novel, Burner. What's it about? Yeah, so it's the 12th book in the series, but it's a standalone novel. You don't have to read the first 11 books at all. It's about this former CIA officer who's picked up by the CIA and asked to do a job. Uh, Russian foreign intelligence has been uh, laundering money and bringing it into the U.S. to kind of influence uh, world leaders in the West. Um, this is, involves the Ukraine war. And um, they were trying to get a peace treaty at the expense of Ukrainian lives and territory, a very kind of cynical peace treaty. And court and his team of people, um, you know, it's, it's all action. <laughs> There's action and tension on virtually every page of this book. But it, it's, it's all about this kind of geopolitical race, race against time. When you're, when you're writing your books and working on ideas, do you ever come across something in the news and maybe you just jot down and say, oh, that might be an interesting angle for, for a plot or something of that nature? Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. I mean, mm-hmm. every, every one of my books has come from something where it's just, you know, like who knows, my book next year might involve balloons. That seems kind of like a lousy <laughs> plot <laughs> off the top of the head. It, it doesn't seem that exciting. Well, it certainly captured the attention of the nation that's over true. the past that's couple true. of days. So you never know. Yeah. You never know. Well, Mark, congratulations. And we don't want you to be a stranger here in the neighborhood yeah so come on by and you know if you ever want to talk geopolitics you we've got you've got an open invitation fantastic thank you it's been fun all right so where can people go if they want to get a copy of the book you're going to be doing a big book tour yeah uh, where, where are you guys going um yeah so i go out on tour next week and i'm in uh, scottsdale arizona and houston and tulsa and st louis and atlanta and raleigh and i'm doing an event here in memphis as well fantastic and uh, looking forward to that and I, the last one it was standing room only so so yeah, it was pretty crowded. That was that, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. So I know this this doesn't impact you at all, but some of those book signings they can they, sometimes they can be lessons in humility. Yeah. Uh, for 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 some authors, so um, yeah. So you never know. Oh yeah, I've had I've had those events too, where <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking at three people and going like, <laughs> I flew here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Mark, congratulations again, folks. The book Burner. You can get a copy at your local bookstore. All right, uh, folks, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, By the way, ToddSterns.com, we have some great resources for you there. Also, the latest information on President Biden and his remarks a few minutes ago. And uh, be sure to sign up for the newsletter and the podcast. Uh, Great opportunities. If you missed an interview, maybe you want to go back and re-listen to the interview with Mark. You can do that uh, by simply going to ToddSterns.com. Download the podcast. It's available on all of our uh, various platforms. Now, tomorrow, Laura 
Trump is going to drop by. Also, uh, we will be uh, speaking to some folks up on Capitol Hill. Hearings getting underway. Uh, Mark, we do a lot of politics on this program, so this is always a nice break when we uh, we, we don't talk politics. <laughs> um, but, uh, but tomorrow it's going to be a jam-packed day heading into the weekend. All right, folks, again, and if you would like information on the Israel trip, go to ToddSterns.com, or you can call Dylan, 844-747-8868. Been a great day, a busy day. You folks get out there and be good, America. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.